Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we know that you are here with us. We know that you love us and that you care for us. We pray that as we spend our days walking with you, that we open our hearts, we open our ears, and we allow ourselves to allow you to to speak to us so that you may speak through us. So God, as we begin this time together, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, today we are completing our series on uh, the kingdom of Tov, and I hope you've uh, received some words from this and some encouragement, and I hope that the uh, spiritual uh, practices that we have given you have have helped you to grow in your relationship with, with Jesus Christ. You know, that, that's what we are here for, it, it is to find ways for us to continue to, to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I, I've mentioned this before, that uh, the series came from a uh, lecture that I heard uh, Scott McKnight uh, speak uh, when I was up in Wichita a year ago, September, or a year, you know, year ago, November, I think, was when I was up there for that. And, and it, was, it, it was just a great word just about the word tov and, and how that word in Scripture is, is good. And uh, Richard, what was that um, in, in the um, beginning of creation story? We talked about how God said everything was tov, and at the very end... When God said it was very good, what, what is it? Tov ma'ov, very good. Tov ma'od, very good. So uh, living a life and, and living in a kingdom that allows us to live in a tov ma'od world, a very, very good world, because we know that, that God alone is tov, and that, that, that's where goodness comes from. It, it, it comes from our, our creator. And that everything that God had designed was tov. That's, that's what that beginning poem in Genesis reminds us, is that, that God didn't create the world as, as a, a junk heap for things to be piled on. He wanted everything to be good and have a specific purpose and place. And, and then last week and today we're talking about how, how does tov manifest itself. You know, tov happens. When, when, when we are active and alive in, in the world around us, and we know that the, the best way that we see Tov in the world around us is through the lens of generos- generosity. You know, my hope and prayer is, as, as your pastor is that we have a church 
that is that is full of toveness, if you will. A, a church that it, it, its main uh, purpose and, and, and main action is, is to bring good to the world. And there are several ways that this happens. That the church should nurture compassion. It nurtures grace instead of build build up fear and, and, and the need for power. The church of Tov, it serves others. And it, it builds up a culture where, where that is the prime directive, if I can use a uh, Star Trek term there, of, of what the church is, is all about. It is about serving others. And we have to realize that the church is not a business. But, but what we strive to do is to have a, a culture of, of Christ-likeness. So that when, when people take a look at, at this congregation, we're not identified as Royce City First United Methodist Church, but we are identified as, as Christ Church, following full in, in Christ's likeness to the world around us. I had a, a, a former senior pastor, I'm going to call him Bill, even though that's not his name. Uh, he was at a church for a while, and, and, and the people of that congregation loved him to death. He, he, was, he was a great, great pastor. And there was a time where uh, the bishop, I think it was Bishop Odin at the time, he was in uh, that town for another United Methodist congregation uh, uh, celebrating a, a building of a building or a garden or something like that. And there were several members of Bill's church that ran into the bishop and members of the other congregation in town. And they went up to introduce themselves to the bishop. And the bishop asked, so, so what church do you go to? And they identified themselves, not from the congregation that they were a part of, not, not a part that they were a part of, of Christ Church, but they said, oh, we're Bill's Methodist. And later that year, I think Bill was moved to another congregation. Now, uh, I say that story is because, you know, the, the focus of that church was on Christ, but when we have the identity that, that we are a, a specific congregation or, or what we do revolves around a, a pastor or a, a ministry or, or a personality, things start to fall apart. I think we've seen that in some of the, the mega churches here recently. When the focus becomes on a specific pastor or a specific personality, and the focus is no longer on Christ, things start to fall apart. And we start to, to see the cracks in the foundation. But when we build ourselves to, to follow the toveness of God and to build up a, a Christ like church, then our foundation is Jesus. And that is the foundation that we continue to build on today. So, so what does that have to do with generosity and how Tov equals generosity? Well, I think generosity is a building point for us to see exactly who God is and what God calls us to do. Our scripture gives a, a picture of generosity. And I invite you now to follow along as we read from the Gospel of Matthew, the 
20th chapter, verses 1 through 15. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus is telling a parable, and he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Then about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. So he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one's hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received the denarius. So when those, came, so when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowners. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and, and you had made them an equal to us and who had borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as you I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, when we start talking about generosity, if you are like me, the very first thing that I think about is money. And I think that the parable that Jesus shares here is, is a bit unfair. Why should somebody who has only worked an hour get paid the exact amount as somebody who has spent the entire day laboring? Or, or let's put it this way. Why should someone benefit the reward of a Christ-like life, if, if they've only come to faith in, in just one moment while people have been working on it for years and years and years. See, my friends, generosity is, is something that is, is a gift. Generosity is not something that, that we get to decide what other people do. But generosity is, is a gift that, that, that comes out from us individually and allows us to share gratefully with those around us. A few days ago, Trace and I, we went to um, the Sonic, and we uh, pulled up to the little car hop lane, and we pushed a little red button, and 
and we ordered our usual uh, order that we get when we stop at Starbucks uh, to uh, Route 44 Coke Zeros with Diet Cherry, and they have now these amazing little uh, things called um, uh, uh, Reese's Outrageous or Reese's, Reese's Overload. So it's like piled full of, of Reese's peanut butter cups, uh, Reese's pieces, all of that type of stuff, and we absolutely love it. And, and one of the things that I love to do when I go to a Sonic and I, I go to one of those little car hop lanes or, or stalls, if you will, as I love to, to make sure that I give uh, a little bit of change to the person who is helping us out. And so we did that, you know, with the order was a certain amount, so we just let them keep the entire, uh, the, the amount that we, we gave them. And, and it's amazing when I do that. Sometimes the person who I do that for, they have a big old smile on their face, and they are just so, so grateful. But, but, but a couple days ago, I noticed that the person that I can't get, let them keep the, the rest of the cash uh, for the order, uh, as they walked away, they turned around, and they glared at me. And, and I kind of sat there, and I went, Huh. I didn't have to do that. I could have paid with a card or I could have asked for all of my change back, but he was thinking that my generosity was a whole lot less than he actually deserved. But he doesn't control what I decide to give, just like we don't get to control what God decides to give. And we know through Scripture and through God's Word that God is extremely and so amazingly generous that he gave a son. He gave a son for each and every one of us so that we may have life and life abundantly. So I know one of the things that affects churches and, and businesses and everything during this period of COVID-19, and I know it, it's causing a whole bunch of anxiety in the world through Facebook and through, uh, through news articles and papers. It's just, it's just about opening up. And I wonder, is that really the conversation that we should be having? Shouldn't the conversation be, how can we act generously in the period of COVID-19? Should, should we start building a life that, that shows goodness by, by the generosity that God has given us and then the generosity that we are able to share to others? I, I, I pulled together some numbers uh, for you that I wanted to share with you. You know, this thank you for your continued generosity to, to the church so that we can be in ministry. Since, since March the 15th, you, through our online giving platform, and I know that there's more money because other people have written checks and have sent in checks and everything for our daily food pantry, but, but just for our online giving platform, you have donated $2,685 to our daily bread food pantry. That's amazing. That, that, that provides a lot of food for, for people who are in need right now. And it's because you are showing generosity to those around us. We also have our, our Crooked House Fund ministry, and, and there are people who are continuing to give to that. And from, from March the 15th, uh, on the online giving platform, you have given $1,200 towards the Crooked House Fund. 
to, to allow us the, the opportunity to be there for people who are having problems paying their bills right now or who may have uh, their electricity turned off or, or to have specific needs that we as a church can continue to help out with because we are a church about generosity. But my friends, generosity is way more than money. Being, being, generous, being generous is a way to open our entire lives to receive and share God's goodness with others. There was a, a Catholic theologian named Henry Narwin who uh, the year before he died, he uh, took a sabbatical. And, and during that sabbatical year, he, he wrote a book called Sabbatical Journey. And, and he had this quote that I wanted to share with you from that book. He said, I think that generosity has many levels. We have to think generously. We have to speak generously. And we have to act generously. Thinking well of others and speaking well of others is the basis for generous giving. It means that we relate to others as part of our, our gen or our kin, and we treat them as family. Generosity cannot come from guilt or pity. It has to come from hearts that are fearless and free and are willing to share abundantly all that is given to us. See, I love that, that last part of that quote. It said, generosity cannot come from guilt or pity, but it has to come from hearts that, that are fearless and free and are willing to share abundantly all that God is given to us. So I wanted to quickly just break that down. What does it mean to, how do we practice generosity? Well, first we think generously. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, we have to think generously. We, we, we can't think about holding things tight, but when we are able to open up our minds and not conform to, to what the world is telling us to do, but when we transform our minds by renewing them, then we can fully think, how can we live as God's generous people? I think the second one is one that I have to work on, and I know that a lot of us need to work on, is how do we speak generously? James 1, verses 19 through 20 says, Know this, my beloved, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, it's funny, uh, our services are here on uh, Facebook, and there's a lot of ungenerous speak that happens on Facebook. I think sometimes we, we want to so quickly respond and, and, and share 
what is going through our heads immediately that we fail to think about what we post. We, we fail to think about what we are actually saying. We fail to take the opportunity to put ourselves in other people's shoes and, and try to understand where they are coming from. I've seen extremely hurtful memes out there. And, and, and it makes me boil up and, and want to respond, but I, but I wait. Because I don't know where they come from. I, I, I don't know what, what's inside other people's hearts or, or minds. I just want to speak generously so that people see God's love in and through me. And hopefully through those acts of speaking or, or typing or posting generously, they see God's love in, in a tangible way. And then finally, as Henry Nowen said, we are to act generously. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 25, verses 35 through 36, uh, uh, about uh, uh, two groups of people that, that come in front of the king. Uh, some that have done good things and others who have ignored to do things. And, and when, when the king comes and, and expresses to those who have done good things, he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You know, this past Tuesday I uh, came into the office and was working there and I did staff meeting by Zoom in the office and was running back and forth to check on things here in uh, the sanctuary, was working on BoxCast and the streaming stuff to hopefully have a, a, a nice stream on, on Sunday morning so there's no glitches or anything. So I'm hoping you're experiencing that this morning. But as I was walking back and forth between uh, the buildings, I ran into a gentleman that we'll call Bill. Not the same Bill from the first story, but another Bill. And uh, he, he walked into the uh, warehouse because I was coming back and forth and the door was open and, and we sat there and we started to talk and, and, and he is homeless and he's been roaming around and he just needed a place to, to sleep. And I, I wanted to do anything and everything that I could to, to quickly move him out the door because I was busy. I had things to do. You know, I, I wasn't planning on being back into the office this week, and there was just so much that I, that I needed to do. But, but something made me pause for just a minute, and I, I, I stopped. And then I started to listen. So I, all three of these things came into my mind. I, I started to think, how could I be generous to this gentleman who is in front of me right now, who, who needs to, to have somebody listen to him. How can I speak generously to him to, to let him know that he is somebody that is worthy of attention and love and, and compassion at that moment? And then what could I do to act generously towards him? So I, I connected him with Richard, and we sat and we talked for a while, and, and I uh, let him just 
uh, spend some time in uh, the warehouse just sleeping. And when it was time for me to head back home for the evening, I went and, and woke him up and uh, gave him some extra money on top of the food that we gave him from uh, the food pantry so he could go buy himself something to eat for that evening. And I still feel guilty about that because I wonder, did I do enough? Did, did I do enough for him? And, and I think that, I, that at that time I did. If he comes back around again, I will help him again. If anybody comes around, I will do what I can to help those who are in need because that's what it means to act generously. That's what it means to, to allay what your desires and, and what your needs are so that you can help someone and to extend the toveness of God to them. So, your spiritual discipline or your spiritual practice for this week, if you are a part of our Roy City Prayers and Events page, uh, this will post at 11 o'clock today invites you to practice generosity. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here's how you can practice generosity this week. Number one, invest your time. When you give your time to others, you invest in their eternal good, and you practice generosity in a significant hands-on way. Second, extend your service, especially in times like this when we are, are mostly at home. Find ways to serve someone around in your home, or maybe take the opportunity to find a way to serve a neighbor that is beside you. I know we have several elderly people in our congregation who we have been reaching out to weekly with phone calls and everything, but maybe you can uh, get connected with one of them, and if you need help with that, uh, call us or email us, and Jonelle and I and April and Wanda and Lindsay and Richard and Lori and Bryce will we'll be able to find a way to get you connected with somebody that you can extend your service to during this time. And then finally, find a way to share your possessions. First, because remember that all we have belongs to God. And we are just stewards. So, so find ways to be creative in how to share what God has given you with others. Provide a meal to someone. Allow someone to borrow, I don't know, your car or your lawnmower or, or maybe some tools and allow them to use that stuff and be generous in sharing that with you. And then maybe, just maybe, as we continue to, to build a, a, a culture of Christ-likeness and, and, and through generosity that people will see the toveness of God, the goodness in God, of God in each and every one of us. Let us pray. Dear God, even in times when I feel like I don't have much, 
I know that you have blessed me with more than I realize. Help me to use the gift of generosity in order to live a tove, a good life. Help me to be generous so that I may reflect Christ's likeness to those around me. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen and amen.